Welcome to Growth Mindset On. I'm Krishna Kruchanu, your host, and the objective of this podcast is bringing you conversation with change makers. I will be interviewing inspiring people in order to equip you with the mindset needed to achieve success. That we should not fall in love with a solution, but with a problem. Mm-hmm. Because if you fall in love with a solution, you, you, well, you, you are stuck. And you, you just try to make that solution happen, even though it might not, not bring the best, uh, the best mm-hmm. solution or it, it, it's not the best thing. Mm-hmm. But if you fall in love with a problem, you keep on trying to solve it. And if one thing doesn't work, you just uh, dis- discard that and then you go to the next. Hi, Simon. It's such a great, uh, great pleasure to have you at Growth Mindset On. And uh, as I normally do, I ask guests to introduce themselves. Yes, it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, my name is Simone van Neerven. Um, I'm the head of innovation at uh, Vueling Airlines. And I have been in this role for about a year now, just a little bit over a year. Uh, and before that, I had a long career at KLM Royal Dutch Airlines. Um, which uh, which I quit my job last year and I founded my own company. So I'm helping Vueling uh, for my company, which is called Rebella. Okay, so basically you're you're doing that through your company. You're you're uh, helping Vueling uh, through your company. Yes, exactly. And and because I'm not uh, how do you say it? I don't have a permanent contract. I'm mm-hmm. I'm I'm having a little bit more of an independent role. Mm-hmm. And I think to drive innovation, it means that you are not always making friends. Um, being independent makes it easier. So actually, this is quite an interesting construction. Uh, and it works out pretty well uh, so far. Wow, that's, that's excellent. It's something that it, it, uh, you wanted to do this way? Uh, or it's something that the, the company itself uh, proposed to do? Now, actually, it has sort of happened. Uh, when I, I had a long career in, in Holland at KLM, and I experienced uh, a lot of fun things, uh, but also uh, I, I got quite frustrated being part of a corporate. Mm. So when Vueling approached me for this role, I said, hey, I'm, I'm more than happy uh, to dive into this adventure, uh, but uh, I want to found my own company, and I don't want to have a permanent contract. And it was sort of a belly feeling. So it was not like intentional, but it, uh, it turns out to work really well. Well, that's, that's, that's excellent. It's, it's so glad, you know, to hear that you kind of can organize yourself how you feel. And I completely understand that feeling of um, sometimes when you want to uh, implement stuff yeah, within a company, be it big or small, you know, probably definitely bigger corporation. I don't know that much, but uh, our like robots move very, very, very slow. But yeah. it, it's interesting how, how you, you, you decided to um, take this um, position in order to kind of, kind of move faster. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and because there is a, a mutual dependency, so it makes, makes the, the relationship between me and the company, I think, more healthy. Yeah. And also, I don't, I don't have the ambition to grow to, uh, to a next position in this company. So that makes me very free because um, sometimes I do have some big discussions about some bureaucracy or the way I want to approach things in in the new world. Um, And then I am not afraid to have a big discussion about that. And sometimes what I notice in corporates that uh, people don't speak up because they are afraid of what will happen and maybe it has an impact on their career. So for me, so this is interesting. I also see on the other hand that I think the future will be that much more people will have independent roles. Mm. And um, I see people combine jobs, right? So I'm also not made for just one job. I I want to do several different things. And in a construction where you have your own company, it's easier to do that. So I think this will also be, um, well, innovation of how we work in this world. Yeah, yeah, completely agree, and and I completely agree with also your point of of view, you know, of uh, not being afraid to speak up. And I think definitely, probably, you tell me, a company should kind of go 
like we I think we need to have the feeling of being independent within a company I know it's it's very very difficult but I think probably companies should go on that way what do you think about that like giving the freedom to workers or to to the people who are part of the company mm -hmm. in order to do whatever suits uh, it's best for for them and at the same time it's also the best for the company I don't know if you yeah. uh, if yeah. you get me here yeah yeah, yeah. I, I I totally understand when where so in my team mm -hmm. I I don't have I I do have job descriptions but there I don't put people on okay this is your tile and you have to be in there so when people are in my team I look at their talents And I try to tap into that. So, for instance, I have uh, um, a girl in my team in, and she, she recently did a design. Uh, uh, gra she graduated in design, but before that she was in architecture. Mm -hmm. So she's really good in building, uh, in building stuff. So she can build prototypes and uh, mm -hmm. small maquettes. So when I discovered that, uh, I said, hey, can you help me in this and that? And she, she, uh, she uh, gets a lot of, lots of energy by, doing, by building these kind of things. Mm -hmm. So I didn't hire her because she could do that. But it's, it's when you let people go and when you just create the right context, mm -hmm. I think the most beautiful things will happen. But that requires a, a certain type of leadership. Uh, and mm -hmm. it's a leadership based on trust. Um, which is also, I think, uh, lots of people are not being led or being taught how, how do you lead a team based on trust, right? Yeah. So we, we tend to control people and we have all the KPIs and all the meetings and everybody has to, well, has, has to tell or to, to, to tell what they're doing. And so I don't think that's the right uh, atmosphere or creates the right setting to drive innovation or to drive a company forward. Yeah. yeah. So I, I completely agree with what you say. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's probably like education nowadays, no? Because education kind of tries to do this, like you were saying, no? Just put people in one tile. You have to choose something you like and yeah. do this and pass your exam. But uh, it yeah. doesn't allow freedom for these people to kind of, you know, uh, get out the genius they have inside in one specific, be it design, be it, um, I don't know, drawing, be it music. But um, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think it already starts, as you say, is how do we, how do we bring up people? How, do we, how, how is our school system? Mm -hmm. Because there it already starts. And I think it goes a little bit further because it also puts girls and boys in different kind of boxes. So uh, I think from really early age on, um, Conscious and unconscious, uh, uh, the, the control is in our society and also the way people should behave or should do things. So if you are a little bit different, people perceive you as yeah, being awkward or being strange. Or, well, actually, I think innovation happens when people are creative and, and be a little bit strange or different. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, completely agree. By the way, you, you also uh, um, seen that you, you are a mathematician. That's what you graduated in. So that's, uh, you are kind of uh, uh, different, you know, because uh, I think probably more and more we get more girls in, in this type of degrees and engineering, but it's, yeah. it's, it's still uh, not the uh, mainstream. So, so how was for you to be like, I don't know how many girls were in your class or how was for you to be to be a, a, a girl among many, many, many men, and also in your degree, but also in your professional life. Yeah, yeah it's, it's funny that you say that. I, um, I have always been uh, a little bit different. So in Holland, we celebrate uh, Christmas time, or we have like Sinterklaas in the beginning of December, and you, the, all the children get presents. And when, when I was in kindergarten, I think I was about four or five years old, Uh, there was a present for the boys, which was a truck, and a present for the girls, which was a doll. Yeah. And my parents, up till this day, still tell me this anecdote, is that I have been screaming that I got the doll, and that I had been screaming. <laughs> and I stopped screaming until I got the, the, the truck okay. that, the, that the boys got. got. So somehow I, I always have been a little bit different there. Um, so for me, when I... Uh, 
finished high school and had to decide on the box I wanted to graduate in or to, mm. to start uh, to go to university. I was in doubt between psychology and mathematics. And afterwards, I'm, I'm very happy that I picked mathematics. Uh, it, was a, it, it was and it is a man's world. Um, I, I don't know the percentage, but it was probably 10% or less. I don't think any of my teachers uh, was a woman. So, um, but somehow I feel okay in that world. So all my, uh, well, lots of jobs afterwards were all in a male world, in a male world. Um, yeah, and I, I meet different kind of men. So I, so about the gender topic, what I see there is, I see also men who, who don't have a, a large ego struggle mm. a lot. So for me, it's not only, it's so, it's so, it's not only who are the women who are struggling, but also a, a specific type of men as well. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing that I see is that uh, somehow successful women or, or women in higher positions, they tend to fight with other women instead of help each other. Mm. Um, and so, so I, I think there is like a, a competition or something mm. going on. I don't know. Yeah. So uh, I, tr I try to be just, well, how do you say that? Be myself and, and try to see how I can help women because I truly believe that the right balance uh, mix uh, in teams uh, really, really matters. And it's not only men or women, but it's also backgrounds and nationalities. Mm. Uh, and also, I think, uh, age. Because um, if you have different ages in your team, that also helps. Yes. Society is also built from different ages. So, right. yeah. So for me, the, the whole diversity topic is much broader than just women and men. Men, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way. That's the way to uh, to go. I think it's true that we we kind of uh, tend to go through towards like nowadays seems to be like a very uh, trendy, you know, to talk about it. But definitely yeah. diversity. It's it goes beyond that, uh, indeed. Yeah. So so it's very good that you pointed this out. And yeah, um, yeah I was one. I was curious. What do you define as innovation? Like it's such a broad term. What is innovation for you? It's yeah, it's, yeah, 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 it's a good question because if you Google innovation, you get like uh, I think uh, a million uh, definitions, and everybody is, mm. is saying something else. So, uh, so a lot of people think innovation is only about the crazy stuff. Uh, but for me, I always like to say that innovation is having your head in the clouds. It's like the crazy stuff, but also keeping your feet on the ground at the same time. So, uh, and I, I use a very uh, specific framework for that. So, and it's called the three horizons, but I made it very practical. So the horizon one is what happens in zero to two years. It's where you keep your feet on the ground. So if I look at my job right now, I, I, I listen to my colleagues and we listen to customers and we listen to their pains and we try to solve that with new technology. So uh, horizon two is what happens in, in two to five years. Mm -hmm. um, and there we, my team thinks about, so how does it look like when you go to the airport in five years? And we create a vision in that, and then we start to see how can we work towards, uh, towards realizing that vision. And then the third horizon is, is what happens in five to 10 years or, or more. It's, it's like the, the real crazy stuff. Um, very, very, where I ask questions to, uh, to our CEO, for instance, are we still an airline in 10 years? Which is quite a disruptive thought as an airline. But I think it's a real, real relevant question if you see that people now are taking different kind of transportation. It gets easier to take a fast train. Mm. Uh, I think flying is not the nicest way to, uh, mm. to travel. So uh, our, our industry is in a lot of pressure. So I try to divide my time to stay relevant today, but also in the future. And I, for me, if you ask what innovation is, is, is that you balance that because you cannot only focus on one of the horizons. Oh, so it's very good, like a 10 years roadmap type of, uh, type of vision. Yeah, but it's but the roadmap is it's it's not not actually a roadmap because 
So I, I sometimes say Horizon 3 is what happens in five to 10 years, but technology is evolving so rapidly that maybe even what we now say will happen in seven years will happen in two years because a startup found or combined some technologies and they, they have found a breakthrough. So, but for me, it is, it's also a way to, to say Horizon 3 is a little bit further, uh, for, uh, out of, further from the core of our business. So it's not only the time, but it's also how, yeah. Yeah. So in terms of, of uh, I, I can consider like after you explain me, I can consider yourself you are like an entrepreneur in, uh, in welling. Like uh, you're basically like trying to kind of, uh, you know, bring the, the startup type of culture into, into, into welling. Is that it or just? Uh... Yes, that's also it. Uh, so uh, I, I always say that my team is the API for innovation. We don't own innovation, but we are the API. Because I, I would be truly happy if uh, everybody will be innovating in the company. Mm. I try to bring people together. So when we work on a topic, we use, for instance, design thinking. And we put people from different kind of teams together to solve a problem or to work on the problem uh, together. Um, so in that respect, internally, we... We bring people together. I also try to connect startups or large corporations with interesting technology, yeah. connect them with the right teams within Voiding. Um, and I do also dri try to drive the innovation culture. So um, I organize uh, guerrilla style uh, pop-up uh, demos, for instance. Mm -hmm. We just go to the, de to the canteen and we show uh, what we are working on. The employees love that uh, and it stimulates also their thinking. Hey, we didn't know this technology is out there or you could do that with it. Or so, in a, so we have different ways also to boost a little bit that entrepreneurship or that entrepreneur mindset uh, within the company, which is not easy, by the way. But, um, but it's good. I mean, if you're working on, on, on your own, it's good. I, I get back to what you said at the beginning. You sometimes kind of... Uh, uh, people probably don't don't share the uh, the same vision as you, and and I think innovation sometimes about that. It's kind of uh, stretching people's minds, no, and uh, yeah. the people you work with in order to kind of at least probably not acquire uh, other points of view, but at least try to understand other points of view and try to be more tolerant and more open to new ideas. Yeah, exactly. It's it, it's so, sometimes I say that my my job is about bringing new perspectives. Yeah. So I, I, I tend to when I am on stage, I use a picture which has a horse, mm -hmm. and a, a girl sits on the horse, but the girl sits on the horse in the other direction. Mm -hmm. And then I ask people, what what do you see or what do you think when you see this picture? And almost everybody says, well, the girl sits wrongly on the horse. Mm -hmm. And then I say, no, the the girl is right, but maybe the horse is wrong, right? Yeah. And people are like, oh yeah, that could also be the case. Uh, so. For me, bringing new perspectives opens up the minds of people. And that's why I also uh, say to my team that, and to, to everybody is that we should not fall in love with a solution, but with a problem. Mm -hmm. Because if you fall in love with a solution, you, you, well, you, you are stuck and you, you just try to make that solution happen, even though it might not, not bring the best, uh, the best mm -hmm. solution or it, it, it's not the best thing. But if you fall in love with a problem, you keep on trying to solve it. And if one thing doesn't work, you just uh, dis discard that. And then you go to that we should not fall in love with a solution, but with a problem. Mm. Because if you fall in love with a solution, you, you, well, you, you are stuck. And you, you just try to make that solution happen, even though it might not, not bring the best, uh, the best mm. solution or it, it, it's not the best thing. But mm. if you fall in love with a problem you keep on trying to solve it. And if one thing doesn't work, you just uh, dis discard that and then you go to the next. It's, uh, it, I really like this, uh, uh, what you just mentioned, like fall in love with the problem, not a solution, because you know what I think? I think many startups uh, fail because they, I mean, or, or, yeah. or uh, because they fall in love with the solution. They are trying so hard to make their idea or their solution to that problem work. They put so yeah. much effort into it, whereas they, 
probably uh, are leaving aside the real problem and, and solving it in other ways that may, may be better. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, I, I try to push my team uh, in this thinking as well. So, so when I started in the beginning, I, I was joking, well, there's fly, there is a drone flying over the, uh, over the, uh, over the office. That's mm -hmm. nice, but what kind of problem is it going to solve? And this is also much more into Horizon 1, but what are the biggest pains of the company? And what kind of technology or solutions are out there to solve it? Instead of, hey, here we have a really cool startup. Yeah, it looked great and the team was really awesome, but mm, I don't know. And then you get the struggle that the, comp the corporate is not working or slow and then the startup gets frustrated. But I think a lot of those, those uh, frustrations happen because there's not a real problem-solution fit. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, problem solution fit. That's that's fantastic. Before before focusing on the market fit, probably you yeah. should like focus on on the the problem solution fit. Is the, is are we bringing the right uh, solution to this problem? Is uh, what can else we can? How can we solve it in some other ways? And it's uh, yeah. wow, it's outstanding because I think also many many companies or it's uh, at least in 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 the startup world they're like focusing a lot in the pre-mortem no like and, and i think yeah. it's it's just the reason why they are trying to do a pre-mortem like uh, just because let's think how can uh, what we will die off in order to kind of uh, prevent it yes uh, people complain a lot about corporates because they're slow and bureaucratic yeah sometimes we just need processes to 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 keep mm. doing what we do um but also we need to understand much better what, yeah, what the problems are. So I push my team also to get out and just to, to observe and to listen and, and just fly, fly, mm. yeah, just fly to Milan and come back. Mm. And what, what did you see? What did, and when you talk to the cabin crew, did you notice anything? Did you hear? Did you, did you find a pain that might, we might be able to solve? With, well, with, a, with a cool solution, but um, it, they sh you should be much more in touch with what's happening out there when you drive innovation instead of just being at your desk and do some research on VR and build the coolest thing that we don't need. Yeah, yeah, and uh, in terms of like, I, I really like that you brought the, the processes, uh, um, uh, structuring um, ideas also in, in, into the picture because I'm also a very creative person and uh, you know what you were saying, just talking with people, uh, try to like the real users, the real customers and I think many founders are there are, are, are the same way and or they should be if they aren't doing this, but like when it's also a time where you have to kind of sit and organize uh, this idea like because probably we have a misconception of, of work you know work seems like you have to be in the yeah. office uh, yeah. being on your computer uh, yeah. there definitely should be some of that but like uh, and it's necessary so how do you do you organize like in terms of, of insights of your team uh, who are out there and uh, um, how do you organize this information how do you mainstream uh, or, or process this information in order to kind of translate it into solutions yeah that is it that is not such a steady process or well-defined process because uh, things sometimes just happen I, I and I, I feel sometimes also like a startup because uh, I, my team is a little bit growing and mm. I added some new capabilities in there. So we're also searching a little bit on how, do, how does it work the best. Uh, and I'm also a little bit aware of overstructuring because I also, I'm a strong believer in that sometimes you just have to let go a little bit and then things happen. So one of the biggest challenges I think talking about processes and about work and about a corporate one of the biggest challenges i think i have is to get attention for my role because a lot of people are working to maintain the current process and to to fix the problems they have in their current daily life um, but they are not really focused on how to really improve uh, their work yeah. Um, uh, well, I say, hey, we need to improve and we need to do, do things differently. Um, uh, and people are like, no, I'm too busy for that. 
so with my background, which is kind of interesting, yes, my background is um, uh, also to lean processes, to see, to look at something, to see it as a process, even if you have the onboarding of people or I, for me, everything is a process. And I have a well-trained eye to see whenever there is a lot of inefficiency in that process. And all those inefficiencies, they take up all the time of people. So uh, sometimes I see mail, uh, mails going on, mail conversations going on and on hmm. uh, because there is something wrong. And if we, if we just fix that, then we free up the time of people and then they can start working or they can can start that start using that time to think about completely different ways of doing their work or maybe a new business small business model or things like that uh, but a lot of people are not able to how say it to get into the helicopter and to look at their own job like what the hell am i actually doing all day and is this really adding value to the company or the the product or the service i deliver um, and I think that is kind of a big struggle in how do you drive innovation when people are stuck in, in processes that are defined to run a company. Yeah. So that's for me, that's for me, I think one of the biggest challenges. Yeah. Yes, uh, definitely. I completely agree with you. Like sometimes because you've been like taught or I don't know, like this is your job and this is what you should be doing. And we have the tendency, I think from the, from the management, there is a tendency to kind of, um, uh, put people in a specific role and and, and just um, kind of uh, people do the same thing uh, daily and if you do something different like if you kind of you know just go and talk with some other person uh, from another department which may bring value to your it seems like you are not working you know it gives that uh, uh, so and, and yeah. that works. I have a small anecdote about that because yeah. when I uh, hired my first service designer uh the the rest of the team she she was well she was not always at her desk mm. uh and the rest of the team said hey where are you you should be here and i said well i hired her because she's a service designer mm. and the the main job of a service designer is to go out there because yeah. you have to to look around and to open up mm -hmm. so um i i totally agree and i'm a strong believer in serendipity Mm. And that means that sometimes I go to, to sessions which are not in my industry, which are, um, uh, which are maybe not even connected to my work, but they're the most beautiful things happen. I meet people who have very interesting thoughts about topics or, uh, or you just have a great conversation that makes you think about the things that you, you, were, stu you were stuck or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I also, I, I like, so in Barcelona, I, I, I don't have a car or I don't have a step or anything. I, I travel by public transport and my favorite, uh, my favorite tran uh, transport is the bus mm -hmm. because it's above the ground and it's just sitting and you cannot do and you see the, the typical Spanish people uh, talk, chat a little bit. And there I, I do a lot of thinking, just just gazing out of the window and looking at Barcelona and and then uh, the, the best thoughts happen there mm. so uh, is that work I don't know it's driving in a bus but it's also well work right so yeah yeah that's very interesting I really like that concept because even myself uh, I've been a teacher for for some years and even myself I struggle when I leave like the the students in the classroom talking and like uh, you know uh, chit-chatting about everything I, I I had the feeling and uh, of they weren't working but they were because they were just you know doing critical thinking yeah. talking and yeah. and getting inspired but it's, it's this sometimes I think um and I kind of feel that I kind of sometimes think the old way, even myself. Now I think I don't have to be in the office working, but I think probably my boss thinks I'm not working because I'm here sitting yeah. in the lobby with a coffee. I don't know. So, so yeah, it's, it's, it comes back to what I said earlier about, about trust. Yeah. So what I, what I do with my team, I trust all of them unless they prove the opposite. Yeah. And I trust that if they say, Hey, I have to go and, uh, uh, I've, I have to do something or whatever be my guest and I myself I'm not a nine to five person or a Monday to Friday person sometimes on Sunday morning at six I wake up I'm inspired and I work yeah. 
and I think it's the most productive way to to work like that um, but it comes down to trust do you trust people that they just that they well that they work on something and for me I try to stimulate my my the people in my team and to let them grow and to to support them yeah. in or well, and that gives them a good feeling that they also want want to to work because it, they see they can develop themselves also by by well grabbing challenges or or working on things that mm. well that they like so yeah yeah, I think that's the best. That's the best. Uh, hopefully, companies uh, will work towards uh, that type of uh, this type of work. You know, I think it's very, very important. And from both sides, I think also, uh, you know, workers themselves or people like, you know, uh, I'm working, I'm doing my best for this company. Probably I don't have to be there, like as you say, nine to five uh, on dot. And uh, probably, you know, uh, if you have sometimes uh, for me, it's it's. Uh, very difficult to be on time and I get so stressful because I'm five minutes late and that yeah. energy I could use it you know uh, for something else yeah uh, but it, it's funny what you because you said hopefully organizations will transform in this way I, I have a much more bold statement on that yeah. because I, I am a true believer that I think that the companies who are not able to transform yeah. into into more free or more flexible or more maybe human-centered organizations, mm. yeah. I don't think they will survive. Yeah. Because I think, especially the, what I see younger generations, they are more, they act upon what they say. So my generation or older generations, we say, yeah, we, we care about the environment, but we fly anyway. And I see youngsters much more say, yeah, I care about the environment, and that's why I don't fly. Yeah. So I see that difference. It will also be in work. Hey, I don't want to work for a company that treats me like that. So I'm not going to work there. And so I, I, I'm a strong believer in that if companies don't transform, mm. they will lose the war for talent. Uh, and then if you don't have the right people, you're out of business, right? So. Yeah. Wow, that's 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 a very good, a very a very good way to put it. Definitely, I completely agree with you. And um, I also was wondering, like I suppose you also, um, uh, in terms of, of, of feedback to Vueling or when you gather all this information, uh, you kind of, they, they ask you for, for data. Is the data the only, is the only key to, to innovation? So, um, because many people think, okay, yes, we have to innovate, but we need data. And sometimes probably we get lost uh, with the data because it has to be data driven and everything has yeah. to be uh, in terms of uh, quantitative. Um, how do you deal with that? Did you, did you, do they have like any specific measure or companies you work for? Yeah, no, well, so data is a very broad, um, how do you say it? A very broad, uh, umbrella world. or, yeah. Yeah, all right. So, um, so I push my team also to say, okay, let's, let's measure. For instance, when we, uh, made a little bit of fun. We created WhatsApp stickers, so and you can now download them from our app. So mm -hmm. I so I said to my team, okay, we spend time on it. So how successful are we? Can we just check how many downloads we have? And it's it's a very simple way, but it gives a little bit of insight. So um, sometimes we overanalyze. So for me, I, I said I I don't want to have too much, but just one thing. That's mm -hmm. So I try also to have a little bit more of that, that mindset. Hey, whenever we do something, how can we measure if that makes an impact? Uh, but it's also when we uh, do, a, how do you say it? When we do a pop-up demo or something, we ask people, hey, do you like this? So would you recommend this pop-up demo to, uh, to your colleagues? Uh, would you come back next time? Uh, it gives us a little bit of a direction if we are in the right way or not. For me, it's it's not about keeping 12 different dashboards with uh, each 100 uh, metrics because I think then um, you overdo it. But uh, a little bit of data my mindfulness, uh, I think, would be good. And sometimes um, feelings are also data, right? So sometimes emotions or feelings can also be used as, hey, if four or five people say it doesn't feel right, well, that 
can also be a little bit of data. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree with you because, for example, even like uh, for startups, uh, uh, I think they, they, what they say whenever you're doing some kind of um, um, uh, questionnaire or survey, they say like from, uh, from the sixth person you interview, the information that is being added, it's not adding uh, too much information. So with, with interviewing six people, uh, you would have enough information in order to kind of move forward because if you were to interview... 20, it's, it, you would get the same data type of thing. So I completely agree with, with what you're saying in, in kind of um, not overdo it and just yeah. kind of go with the, with the a basic metrics that kind of uh, helps you to, to, to move forward and know if you are in the right direction or not. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and sometimes, I, I, sometimes intuition, it, there, I, I'm a strong believer in intuition. So sometimes you also have to follow your intuition. And I think intuition is something that is that has been has grown because of experience, and then it's also sort of data, right? Mm -hmm. So I think intuition is not something that happens to you, but it, it's something that grows in you because of the things you you have seen or you have um, um, you have encountered during your life, or uh, and then you can start to really rely on your intuition. Sometimes I have that in a team. I said, guys, just believe me. I know this will, will be right. And they look at me with big eyes. And, and then in the end, it turns out to be successful. And I said, you see, I don't know, but I know I have a feeling that this is going to work. And if it doesn't work, and if we failed, that's also fine. So we should also say to each other, okay, we completely fucked up, which is fine. We learned from it. Okay, let's continue. Yeah, I completely agree with that uh, statement. I think it's, uh, it's definitely super important now because I've been asked if, um, if uh, I'm very good, uh, like I'm a, if I have an analytical mind and, and, uh, and I'm very good uh, in terms of decision making just because of that, of the, as you're saying, that of the information you've, you've gathered throughout your life, throughout your professional life, your experience. And if you're able to kind of gather that uh, entire experience in order to make a decision, and as you yeah. were saying, uh, well pointed out, when you're saying like going to events, to other events that are not related to the industry, but kind of give you insight, that's also uh, uh, kind of creating an inner, an inner kind of um, clock, you know, telling you yeah. which way to go. Yeah, completely so, true. So yeah. interesting. I really like that because, you know, in, 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 uh, in the startup world, they talk a lot about the uh, gut feeling. You know, you have the gut yeah. that this is uh, the right thing. And, and sometimes I think gut, you know, as you're saying, it's, um, it makes me think uh, that it's, it's kind of uh, human data. No? Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I think it's sort of unconscious processed data or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so it's yeah. so interesting. It's uh, and sometimes probably this is the, the the thing that kind of we we tend to kind of uh, uh, bury. It's like no, no, we need like real data. We need the one that Google Analytics tells us. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it depends on how you read Google Analytics, or it depends on how you look at Google Analytics. And probably it's not in, uh, taking you in the right direction. And it's everything how how you uh, look at data, how you define it, and and structure it. So. Yeah. No, and, and you, all, you always have to have your common sense because you manipulate data always in a sense that it speaks for you or mm. against something. But is that the truth? So, uh, so you, also, you always have to yeah, just look at the situation and think, well, does this make sense or not? Yeah, and if you don't do that, uh, well, you can you can go completely the wrong direct direction or make take the wrong decisions based on data that, well, was misleading you. So, yeah. To be honest, uh, I really like the, the the I think the way you think, you know, the way you you perceive uh, innovation, and it's uh, it's such a, a, fr a freeing type of vision, and I really like that because I think society tries to kind of uh, make us think in a very specific way, school system, as we were talking before, or university, or our education, and you kind of see that you kind of uh, were able to break free of all of those uh, conventions in order yeah. to kind of have your own uh, thinking process and go for it. And that's why I suppose you started your, your own company. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It is funny because a lot of people reflect on that. They say, how can you 
work so long in a have have been working so long in a corporate environment, mm. but still be so open-minded. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's uh, I've always been a kind of a rebel. That's why my company is called Re- Rebella, mm. because I, I I I I think I like to swim against the stream. So. Um, yeah, I, but I also like to rebel a little bit. So mm. maybe that comes also from there. Yeah. So um, what what do you think, like in terms of, of uh, yourself um, growing into the person you are today, uh, what type of milestone uh, kind of uh, think were very important for you to, to kind of attain this uh, way of thinking, to break the chains? It's always been like that, or it's something that you've learned throughout the years. I think we always have like a, like a struggle. No, we want to be yeah. this way. For example, I, will, I like to be uh, like you, uh, and I'm fighting to, you know, struggling to, to get there, to be brave enough to kind of, you know, have my say and, and just, just do it. Uh, yeah, what type of milestones uh, have you had to go through in, in order to, to, to have this, um, the way you, you are today or this uh, innovative t- thinking? Yeah, no, that's a good question. Well, for me, my foundation was really, no, maybe even going back uh, further in time. So my youth was not very easy. So I uh, learned pretty early on to be... Uh, how to say it. so to be independent yeah. and to take care of myself uh, that that helps to also to to know what it takes and, and to persevere um, and then the choice for me to study mathematics was I think uh, an important moment because what I learned there is not to be afraid of any complex challenge there will always be a solution so for me I I, I don't use a lot of the te- of the, the the techniques I learned then back then, but it learned me never to be afraid of something complex because there's always some some way to to solve it. And during my career, I I, I had very different jobs. Uh, one of one of the jobs that I think was the most challenging was when I was leading um, a group of mechanics, like two or three hundred mechanics. Wow. Um, yeah, and they were all guys, and they were at least 10, 20 years older than me. And then I was their, uh, their boss. Mm. <laughs> and they were all like, what is this uh, little girl doing here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I had to really prove myself. And then uh, I even got threatened by one of those wow. uh, people. Yeah, and then uh, it really made, made me realize, so what is important for me? Do I want this? I can, I can do it. Yes, I can do it. Does it give me energy? Hmm. Mm. Not so much. Okay, let's go for a different direction. Uh, well, I've been also been able to create some jobs uh, myself within KLM back then. I, I did that four or five times. And every time I succeeded, it gave me a boost in my self-confidence that Hey, sometimes you just have you. You just need to be courageous and just say, "Hey, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to build something out of nothing." Another, I think, big uh, reboot of my heart, of my personal hardware, was uh, a couple of years ago when I did a creative leadership uh, program, uh, which is called Think. Mm-hmm. Um, it really gave me a lot of new insights in my professional life, but also my personal life, and I create and I met the the most beautiful minds in this world. So it is a network of very interesting people. So I have now a friend who is running a a rum company uh, in Venezuela. Uh, He had been kidnapped four times. I was like, oh, wow. (laughs) And I was like, oh, and I am complaining about my corporate job. Yeah. So so it's, and I had a lot of people there were also working in NGOs. so for me, that opened up a whole new world. And it also gave me the confidence of, okay, let's just quit my job at KLM and let's dive into this adventure. I have no clue where it goes, but I'm enjoying it so far. And I learn and I grow every day. That's the way to go, I think. And it's very important when you say, you, you mentioned you have to kind of uh, give yourself that trust no it's like you can do this no because i'm thinking of other uh, people out there who probably don't dare on, you know on, on taking the leap you no know, the leap of yeah. trust to do what they want 
and uh, that's super important. It takes, I think, definitely takes a lot of. Uh, I think it takes a lot of mental strength, but um, it, it it seems like you 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 were able to kind of pluck the courage and and just do it. Yeah, exactly. Screw it. Let's do it. It's one of the stickers uh, we have at Willing. Yeah, yeah. No, for sure. And I, I so sometimes I see my team struggle with. Uh, and they were they're hold back by fear and then i always ask the question what is the worst thing that can happen mm. and then you see them look and they're like, yeah actually it there is not a big problem if it goes wrong so okay let's jump and then let's see mm. and i think a pe- lots of people make well they they are hold back by fear um yeah and if you can let that go a little bit and and you have to experiment with that as well right so you do it small and if that works you can you can do it a little bit bigger and then you can make some bigger jumps and uh, yeah yeah by the way regarding the stickers now that you say it uh you know what I, I was at uh, four years from now and and i stopped by by wellington and i got some of the stickers and the one i like the most and in fact i have them here i have it uh, speak on my on my uh, phone cover is um uh, don't wait for opportunities create them yeah yeah exactly yeah there's a funny story behind the stickers i'm going to share that with you yeah. because this is also it struggles in the uh, struggles when you work in a corporate mm. so a couple of months ago i said to my team i had the gut feeling okay we need stickers we had an internal event i said i want stickers and my team looked at me like oh she's crazy again mm. and i said no come on we need the stickers it's going to be cool so we picked out eight uh quotes and we made our own stickers and then we gave them to, the, to our colleagues or, uh, and everybody loved them. But then the branding department came to us. Who made the stickers? I mean, yeah, we did ourselves. Yeah, but you should ask us and it's not branded. And so uh, and we said, oh, sorry. And then when four years from now came by, they said, shall we help you guys with some new stickers? And now I have 8,000 branded stickers, the one you said, but also some others. But sometimes you also have to be, well, be a little bit bold and do things uh, and then uh, ha- yeah. things ha- happen afterwards. Because otherwise, it, yeah, it, I don't think the stickers would have been there at four years from now if we didn't have the, cur- the courage to do it. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, definitely. It was a, uh, it was a very, very, very good idea, and I, it's uh, very used in terms of branding. Also, uh, the marketing team, I suppose, they were happy because if that's what I thought, if that's what defines welling, you know, I want to be part of welling, you know. So because of this mindset, yeah, at least yeah. in terms of uh, I have another one here. It's like fake it until you make it, you know, all these type yeah. of things that uh, I do think in the startup world and even like uh, corporates should have that type of of mindset you know just being bold doing it and uh you know just pretend it's gonna be okay until it really happens you know yeah yeah exactly and 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 this is uh, if we want to keep talented people or uh attract them well you should you should do these kind of things because people like that it's fun and uh, and they are so so for me it's it's a fun way also but with a very serious message uh that's why I uh, I create these kind of symbols to show this is where we are heading forward to. So yeah. So uh, yeah, that's uh, in order to kind of uh, wrap things. Uh, I, I've really enjoyed our conversation. I think uh, uh, it kind of gave me some some insights, and I hope our listeners too in terms of what innovation is. And uh, I think the approach is uh, how do I say it's just being free up your mind and uh, look at things with a with a common sense no and and, and try to to kind of uh, implement also um, gut feeling all that uh, all really supported by data but i i think you you really provided very good insight with what you're doing uh, uh, at welling and it's interesting that you can do that in such a big corporation yeah uh, well fake it until you make it right <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> And yeah. did, did you find yourself with any, just because it's such a, such a um, head of innovation, such a, you know, how do you say, uh, bold, uh, you know, I suppose when people say I'm the head of innovation, do they kind of listen to you or that doesn't help with the title? 
No, it helps a lot. But if, yeah. if you look at my LinkedIn, it's uh, it's I'm swamped by messages everywhere. But uh, yeah. but for me, uh, I'm just Simone. It's yes. it, it, I, it's not my job title or whatever. It's just hey, I'm here and I. But but yeah, people are sort of impressed by it, I think. Mm. But for mm. me, I'm just doing this because this is what I can. Yeah, and it's so interesting that corporate uh, bring uh, corporation do focus on that, and as you're saying, uh, um, are realizing that's super important. You know, to become in order to innovate, you have to be more human centered. I really like that you pointed also that out, and. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's it's fantastic i don't know if there is anything you would like to 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 add um to to our listeners no the only thing is that i get a lot of text messages from startups uh, and sometimes i don't reply quickly or i cannot match the service with our, our corporate hmm. but bear bear with uh, bear with me or bear with me and all my innovation colleagues uh we do our best uh it is not always easy to bridge the startup world and the corporate world. So keep keep on pushing and keep on believing in your own solution. Uh, but also maybe sometimes uh, try to look at the corporate perspective uh, mm-hmm. and why they are not responding. It's not always personal, but it's sometimes just uh, well too crazy or other priorities or something like that. So it should not hold you back or set you back. So I yeah. this makes me think made me think that there is a lot of innovation happening in startups regarding aviation or um, air transport. Yeah, yeah but I, I think startups are everywhere, uh, especially in aviation travel. There's a lot of things going on, but that makes it also hard for me. Yeah? So there, is, there are so many startups. How do I find the best ones? Yeah. And how do I filter? Uh, because I, I also think that some... Uh, some some are really good and some are uh, uh, a little bit less good let's yeah. say it yeah like that yeah but it's it, yeah it, it's booming uh, mm-hmm. if you only look at uh, barcelona and how the startup scene is growing there in the last couple of months or last couple of years it's very interesting to see but, uh, mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's it, in fact it's this uh this because i get to speak with a lot of people who are in the also in the startup industry and you're saying they're probably at the beginning of of their journey and they are not mature enough to kind of offer a solution but they are striving to to talk with the right corporation in order to kind of have insights or data if they are in order to know if they're on the right track and it's interesting that you are pointing this out because i think probably we are missing a bridge uh, between the startups and uh, and corporation because definitely there can be uh, help like they yeah. uh, they can help each other yeah yeah and it should be people who understand corporates but also startups so and i i think there are um there are not a lot of those uh people who, yeah yeah, yeah. So Simone, it's been so great. I really enjoyed our conversation. It's been fantastic, uh, uh, and you've answered all my uh, curious uh, curiosities about the innovation uh, so well. Yeah, it, it was my pleasure. I like talking to you as well. So, so thank you uh, for inviting yes. me. Uh, so hopefully the next time we'll be face to face and with a coffee in our hands. Yes, or a cava, also good. Yeah, or a cava. Okay, I'll yeah. go for that. I'll go for that. Yeah. Okay, let's keep in touch.